0: When looking for solutions, we humans tend to get seduced by the root cause fallacy. As if the more we learn about where a problem comes from, the greater our chances of solving it. Or, most often, having it resolve itself because of miraculous insights. Indeed, let the record show we leverage searching for the cause as permission to procrastinate. It allows us to feel like we work on solving our problems while ignoring the ever-growing elephant in the room. And oh boy, the more we learn about it, the more it looks like we have more to learn before we can actually do something about it. Roll the intro! Hello! Hello and welcome to... (sighs) Coffee with Cashy. I'm your host... Dr. Trevor Cash, and on today's episode, it's an extra foamy, extra foamy one, <sighs> on today's episode, we are taking a closer look, <laughs> we're taking a closer look at a very interesting aspect of problem solving, specifically, when you search for answers and it causes even more problems, gall darn it, in this episode, you are learning what you will learn, <laughs> like this one, <laughs> How the search for answers causes more problems, how focusing on origin stories in the past distracts you from the problems that need solving in the present, and interrupting the perpetual motion motion device, the mochi device, yes, how interrupting the perpetual motion device fueling your cognitive grinder with self-respect is the only way to have a systematic, rational, and constructive resolution to pretty much any problem. Okay. This is the conceptual framework of how you overcome adversity and come out stronger on the other side. Again, in a systematic, rational, and constructive way. That means it's repeatable. (laughs) Okay, so a little bit of background here. Does focusing all of your efforts on looking to the root of the problem uh, spontaneously generate a way to solve it? Common sense advice dictates a resounding Yes. You have to find the root of the problem. We all hear this all the time everywhere from all sorts of people, and Dr. Cashy thinks it's high time to shred that up. At least, so long as it's connected to conventional and or common sense advice. <laughs> for, for it is ubiquitous common sense that learning the cause of a problem will most assuredly make the problem better. This is farcical BS. Critical thinking caps on. <sighs> In most cases, this only addresses an artificially fabricated meta problem, where meta is a thing about a thing, so a meta problem would be a problem about the problem. In other words, you create a problem with your problem and then look for a solution to that. This means that you're letting the fundamental issue fester and get worse, then this prompts you to create more problems with your problem. If only modern science could harness the wasted energy of this perpetual motion device. (laughs) a self perpetuating with your problem a, a, a self perpetuation of your problem with with other problems of your own creation as it were uh, you and i both agree i'm sure it's simpler and more convenient to just focus on the semi related but artificial problem you create rather than the elephant in the room why it's easy and worse makes perfect sense to research a solution by looking for a cause it makes perfect sense that's part of why it's so dangerous Focusing on getting rid of the confusion and frustration about where a problem came from uh, is a clever distraction technique, and it allows you to focus on something that feels related enough that you're, that, you're, that you're productive, but separate enough that you could avoid the real problem. And this is also a way to justify the time and energy spent obsessing, actively avoiding the elephant in the room. You start confusing procrastination and ego preservation with reflection and research. <laughs> so let's explore this problem a little more. The premise of Dr. Casci's argument is that blanket insights into your problem's origin is disconnected from making the problem better. Instances of the sort do exist, but they are coincidental more than anything. Ironic process theory dictates, striving to figure out what is driving you so crazy inherently forces you to focus on how crazy you are, making it worse. (laughs) Suppose for example, you insist of yourself to be fit, strong, sexy, and have a wonderful relationship with your body, food, and eating or else you are slovenly miserable and worthless. Then, suppose you're a bit out of shape in the gym, feeling weak with no energy and slightly embarrassed if other people see it. Suppose you're a bit out of shape around the midsection. You avoid getting your picture taken, hide your body with fat clothes, use pillows to cover yourself on couches, or, or maybe tug at your absent absentmindedly. Suppose your relationship with food and eating is a little off kilter. Maybe you fret at the thought of eating with others or eating at all because, well, you know, a fat person eating a salad is obviously trying to look healthy and everybody knows they're going to binge anyway. Or, ha, look at that fat person eating a cheeseburger and fries like fat people. Do no wonder that fat person is so fat. You see the quandary? In every direction, in the present, it's damning. First off, this outcome-based self-worth also known as self-esteem, robs you of your self-respect. Indeed, you've already doomed yourself as slovenly miserable and worthless person. And see Dr. Cash's episode on self-esteem as a disease and self-respect as a cure for more. Uh, Second, any magical vision bestowed upon you about the root of this problem only proves those views of yourself correct, fostering even more negativity. Think about it, if you go down that rabbit hole and discover the root of this problem was experiences with your parents, teachers, or other authority figures, your siblings, cousins, or friends, bullies, people on social media, pornography, celebrities, exes. How does learning about that do anything except for make you feel worse? Even crazier, it makes you feel worse by cultivating negativity in three independent ways. Independent ways. One, you end up despising those people you associate with your problem's origin. If you already feel poorly about them, you feel even worse about them now. Two, you wallow in the negativity of the past, you wallow in the negativity of the past, only reminding yourself by virtue of thumbing through all the bad experiences of your, how slovenly and worthless you really are, letting the current problems fester. And three, another meta problem, feeling even worse because you're arguing with these ghosts hating yourself for listening to them in the past, or sometimes even nastier agreeing with them, thereby victimizing yourself and justifying your negative attitude. Great! So you feel like a slovenly, miserable, worthless turd muffin. You go spelunking, and then you figure out, hey, I discovered I feel like a slovenly, miserable, worthless turd muffin. (laughs) Congratulations! (sighs) Has this insight into your problem's origin in the past defined a resolution to your quandary in the present? I think this type of insightfulness, even if it is correct, is still at face value totally useless. This is a classic example of Dr. Keshe's heuristic that assuming technically correct answers are 99% right and 100% useless. (laughs) Okay? The best way to get into shape is to never have been out of shape to begin with. Ugh. Before I get into an entire tirade, yes, prevention is the best medicine. Sometimes you just look at something and you think, damn, only somebody that went to college for a very long time could could ever say something that stupid. (laughs) So let's get back to the issue at hand. A bit of critical thinking often obviates the need for cumbersome diagnostics. Dr. Cashy's Nerd Translator! Beep boop. Searching for the cause of your problem distracts you from what's actually making it a problem. Beep boop. Beep boop. Okay. Most any chronic and sustained problem in the present can be traced back forensically to a person or people in the past, strangers or close ones, and this presents you with yet another pickle. One, it's impossible to systematically change how other people feel and act. And two, playing the blame game abdicates the responsibility of your problem to them. This robs you of the self-respect and power required to solve it, and if they really did create this big of a problem, then it was either on purpose or on accident. And in both cases, you should want that person light years away from solving that problem for you. So having connected all of these dots, we are left with exploring a few options. Let Let us say you did have this planted in you from somebody else. Indeed, in all likelihood, that was the case. However, this begs the following questions. How could you let that happen? And what are you doing watering, feeding, and growing this nasty negative view of yourself? And also, is there a way to know with absolute certainty that you'd be free of this problem if you had avoided that interaction or responded differently? What I'm saying is there is still a very real chance the same idea would have been planted in your head by somebody or something else, and it's absurd to argue otherwise. Maybe an ex cheated on you and blamed it on the way you you performed or looked. Maybe other kids teased you for being chunky and slow. Maybe your parents or grandparents give you judgy, sidelong glances when you ate junky food. Maybe your family was sick, lazy, and obese. Maybe some family members were or are extremely attractive and quarterbacks of the hockey team. You can and do make up a million and one convenient stories about these memories and experiences, and you're also a master at connecting them in ways that justify the way you think and act in the present. Therefore, even in the off chance that any of those connections are true, how do they really help you act in a self-respectful, value-driven way now? Here's the punchline. It still hurts it. (laughs) It is logical that actively looking for more reasons explaining why you believe what you believe simultaneously reinforces those beliefs. This, in turn, makes your problem in the present even more difficult to resolve, and avoidably so. So kick the outcome-based value system to the curb and start making the shift to, from self-esteem to self-respect. Self-esteem is when you use outcomes of the past to judge your worth as a person. And self-respect is using the outcomes of the past as a tool to rationally and constructively inform decisions in the present. Instead of obsessing over the cause of your problem, you focus on the perpetual motion device that keeps the problem alive. Focus on what is maintaining the problem versus what caused it. Sure, sometimes the causative factors and maintenance factors are the same, although often this is false, in the case that they are one and the same, then focusing on what's perpetuating the problem will lead you to the same conclusion anyway. (laughs) Ultimately, you and I seek resolution together. This means that you must address the problem as it's currently affecting you in the present. Indeed, once the problem is resolved, even if its origins remain a mystery, your obsessive need with finding the cause will, if on cue, magically dissipate. We see it at TKN every single day with our clients, and they will attest to this. They attest to it. Interrupt the perpetual motion device. Use self-respect to free yourself from the root cause equals the answer, cognitive grinder, okay? So let's, let's wrap this up here, again getting kind of crazy. So in this episode, you have learned how the search for answers causes more problems. Focusing on origin stories in the past distracts you from your problems that need solving in the present. And that you need to interrupt the perpetual motion device fueling that cognitive grinder in a systematic, rational, and constructive way using self-respect. This is how you overcome adversity and come out stronger on the other side. So if you're interested in learning how to become a rational and constructive eater, then tell Dr. Kashi by sending him a message and leaving him a comment, because he answers all of them. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Kashy? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Kashi is out!